I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Um, hey guys, uh, how are you doing? Uh, another week has gone by, but like, what the fuck is time anymore? Um, if you remember my freak out about time, I think I'm still freaked out by it. Because now it's moving faster, and it's like, but it shouldn't be able to move at a different speed. Uh, anywho, it's another hump day, and I have Sam. I'm not sure if you remember Sam. I had her on a couple months ago. It's a great episode. But we talk about quarantine dating. We talk about quarantine and COVID. Um, one of our good friends just got coronavirus and it's scary because they did everything right so it's just like that's how fucking contagious it is so please 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 if you're in a different state stay the fuck inside like i don't know who listens in the south i'm really pissed off about like atlanta right now and it's not atlanta's fault or georgia's fault like it's this fucking governor um and like other places it's just like horrifying but again like uh, i hope you guys are good <laughs> again <laughs> The blog is happening. I've been lazy as fuck. Uh, and I forgive myself for that because what is quarantine? Except an extended period of time of trauma and grief and being scared and then kind of being hopeful and then being more scared again. I hope you're feeling all your feelings. I hope you under I hope you understand that everything that you're feeling right now is valid. Um, there's no wrong way to quarantine. Um, enjoy guys. Um, so how are you? How's life? Uh, <laughs> um, life is okay considering all, th- all things considered has become my like amendment to everything mm-hmm. that I do and say. Um, so things have been okay. Like I live alone. I'm very blessed. Uh, my 
funds have not quite yet run out, although I am having like a weird problem where I can't look at my bank account because I just, I know I have enough to buy groceries for the next month, you know, but like, I just, um, I can't. It's giving me so much anxiety. Oh my God, I bet. And I'm not eligible for like the $1,200 check because I'm not a citizen <gasps> and like, Fuck. you know, fun and flirty and I can't file for unemployment. And so it's just a little bit of like, I'm just freelancing in the void and navigating not having the motivation to freelance and having fewer job opportunities. So it's a little bit, uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I have a bit of a pocket so that I can like, hopefully, I have some, I don't know why I'm getting into the specifics of this, but basically I like have savings in Canada, a very small amount Mm-mm. that would be uh, reduced by like 30% if I converted it. Yeah. So I could d- take that money, which would probably float me for like two extra months. But I'm I'm just hoping that the money I have now holds out till like we reopen New York and then I'll just figure it out, you know. So you did mention you live alone. And I've been wondering, it, was that better or worse than with roommates? I mean, I wonder what people think. Like, I love living alone. I've loved it since I moved in here in 2017. And like, on occasion, I do get lonely. I have a cat, so obviously he keeps me company, and you know that from watching my Instagram. Oh, yeah. Um, he's very uh, famous on He's Instagram. adorable. Um, but uh, it's funny. I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine, um, with Allie, because we were talking about, like, the ethics of doing, like, a backyard hang, you know, like a distance hang. And, um, you know, we were just talking about how a- our opinion was shifting, like, actually just hanging out in a backyard even far away from each other isn't a good idea. And she said, you know, I kind of take for granted that I have a group of friends in uh, my my house. Like I have roommates and we're a quarantine team, as people call it, and that I'm never lonely, you know, because I'm never physically alone. So I started thinking about that after that conversation, like, am I lonely here? Mm-hmm. Do I do I miss human connection? But I've done enough um, – you know, biking and hanging out in the park with friends from a distance. It's felt like I have gotten the dose of community that I need when I need it. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, one of our friends, I was talking to her earlier this week, and it looks like her roommates are going to go home, and she's ecstatic. And she likes her roommates, right. too. Uh, I'm yeah. just not going to say her name because I don't know if she wants that out there in, like, the podcast <laughs> world. Fair. But um, yeah. but like the, I, the moment she told me that, I just, like, kind of turned to Aaron and was like, I think as much as I love being alone, I think I would go crazy. Like, I think if I wasn't with someone right now, like, living with someone, I'd have to have roommates or I would truly go crazy in a situation like this. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, I can't imagine what it would be like to have to navigate space with roommates and the idea of having to not police, but entrust mm-hmm. your roommates with their own, res- you know, everyone's going out, everyone's getting groceries and we're all trying to be safe. But I have so many at this point, like a half dozen friends I know who have been protecting themselves, wearing masks, wearing gloves, and they go to the grocery store and that's been their only outing and they've gotten it. Yeah. So it's, I I am not, I'm not relaxing because of that, but it's certainly given me this like, what the fuck are we supposed to do attitude? Like I'm taking precautions and people, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it is minimizing the risk, but like people who have been seeming to have been uh, leaving the house less than me are getting it. So I'm like, mm, what's happening? But <laughs> I don't want to make it too downerish for you because like you've probably talked about COVID-19 24-7 too like I do. 
Um, <laughs> but one question I really had for you because you brought it up in a Facebook group was dating and tindering right now. And I am so intrigued by this. Oh, my God. Okay, my yeah. So I um, previously was not on any dating apps. And I feel like I probably mentioned this to you on the last time I was on the podcast, like that I had decided they weren't for me. Yes, I do remember this now. So I have long been, uh, you know, anti-dating app on a personal level. Like just for me, I know they don't work. That was like a scientific truth I had. But um, right before quarantine started, a few friends of mine and I were just feeling a little bit like we weren't getting out there. It was the doldrums of winter. Like we're hanging out with all the same people. I ran into an ex at a party. I was just like, Ugh, I don't like this. Maybe I should just download an app and like get out of my own head about it. Yeah. Um, you know, just to like spice it up and to make it fun, we turned it into a bet. We're like whoever goes on more first dates in one month has to treat the winner to their dinner date or something. I love this. Yeah. So it was like a fun and you know, I love a, when it comes to competition, like get the, get me in. <laughs> so so I downloaded Hinge. I did I don't have Tinder. Um but I'd never used Hinge before and it has like a different interface that people seem to like. So um I filled it out and my friend also did it and um uh I am also not saying his name only because I don't know <laughs> if he I I don't know which of our friends cares. Um but then quarantine hit and like as things were shutting down, I had like a couple promising conversations going. So I had like a park date with a guy right before the shutdown where we just kind of like walked around Fort Green Park. Um, I had a FaceTime date with this guy uh, after the shutdown had started. And then I had a park, a different park date planned where the guy canceled the day before. And he was like, hey, I um, I'm just getting paranoid about this. Oh, and the Friday before they shut the bars, I had a real time date with a guy. So I was like, mm, get like, let's get dating. But then once quarantine started uh, and it became a reality that like dates aren't happening for a while, um, it became like a whole new dating scene. And I put air quotes around that because it becomes like endurance is kind of the name of the game. Okay, You have to be able to maintain a conversation Otherwise, it's just going to fizzle anyway because, like, no one's seeing each other. Yeah. Um, and especially when it comes to people you haven't exactly met, it's like, what is romance and what is flirting? Yeah. And the, like, and the, like, tension spring that comes with let's talk and then let's meet, right, doesn't exist. So uh, that's why, yeah, <laughs> in that Facebook group, I post about it because it was driving me crazy that I had these like three very different exchanges. One was a guy I'd seen in real life and I was just like trying to flirt with, but it wasn't working. Uh -huh. Like I, there just wasn't a spark there or it had faded. Um, one was a boy who I, who I had never met in person cause he canceled the date and we were just texting each other like photos of our cats and plants. Incredibly soothing. Oh my like, God. No notes, no notes for this one. This one like, <laughs> like going strong. Um, and then the third guy is actually someone I know from real life who, uh, I don't know how this happened, but somewhere in quarantine either because we're both bored and thirsty just became escalated into something flirtatious. So now it's just like occasional nudes and flirtatious. Yes. yes <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So so it's it's just a whole it's like such a weird thing. But I have found it a little bit even though I'm like manic about it. I feel a little bit freer. Nice. So I actually have a lot of um, experience with 
texting relationships. Okay. Like a lot, a lot. And I actually think, uh, so two separate times. One was um, we went to high school together, but like weren't friends in high school. We were acquaintances. Uh, college goes by. We become Facebook friends. We start flirting between Facebook and then exchange numbers and have like a year long, like my first year in New York City is this year long text relationship. We You started on Facebook? Started on Facebook. Uh-huh. And I was like, let's okay. exchange numbers. Like this needs to be okay. a little more. Yeah, And it went from like friendship to this was the first person I texted to the first person or last person I said like goodnight to like you said good morning, goodnight. Like it was like a relationship, like nudes, Mm. all the things, all the things, crazy sexting. Um, It would ultimately crash and burn when I went to go because he lived in the Midwest. And so I would flew out from New York to the Midwest and it was painfully, painfully awkward. Um, and the sex was painfully, not painfully, but it was like, it was bad. It was like awkward and bad. And it like, it fizzled within like 24 hours after I got back to New York. Cause I was like, I need something more. I need a label. And he was like, no. (laughs) And so it just ended. That's wild. It's wild. But I really think you can really manifest a really good connection and like relationship via text. And then my second experience is Aaron, because when we first met, I was, uh, what is it called? Nanny in Westport. So we Mm -hmm. only had text except when I came in like once a month and it wasn't awkward when we saw each other, but it was like, you got this weird intimacy through just this like text conversation. You find yourself telling Mm -hmm. your, telling someone more things than you normally would like in person. And so I really Mm -hmm. think that like there will be relationships and like marriages after quarantine Mm -hmm. through hinge and like these textual relationships. I truly do. I believe you. I think that it is so different based on like person to person, like dynamics become crucial to this because there are people like, I felt like one of the reasons one of these text exchanges fizzled is because it was just, I I, I don't even know how to explain it. It felt like syncopated. So it was just like the rhythm was off Mm -hmm. and I couldn't keep up with it and I didn't have a desire to like send it whereas this like systematic once every 24 hours you know block of text saying hello worked really well for me I do fundamentally think that like these are signs of compatibility totally like right if you text if 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 for whatever reason something just keeps working it's probably a good sign but like you said you were texting with this guy for a year and then you flew out to meet him and it was like nope <laughs> you know yeah and we were texting i would say probably like 2000 texts a day like there is like no stop in it and it was actually kind of like unhealthy cuz like i wasn't at any point interacting with like the outside world basically like i would ignore the kids that i was nannying i ignore my roommates i ignore like whatever I needed. I was like, whatever's going on in this text conversation is all that fucking matters. So as long as it's not like that. But um, explain to me how Hinge is different because I've heard from a lot of people now that Hinge is like way, way, way better and they like it way more. Okay, so give me a history refresher before I clarify. I thought that Hinge used to be the one where it had to be friends of friends, right? Or no? I have no clue. I honestly don't. There was no. I remember a dating app where 
like I, I have had in the past, I've had OkCupid for like a little bit and then I had Tinder that I kept, you know, deleting, redownloading. But I remember hearing about one that I was like too afraid to use where it was friends of friends. And the reason I didn't want to use is because I just like didn't want anyone to like, I had so much shame associated with dating apps. I'm like, someone's going to, someone I would otherwise meet in real life will know that I'm using an app, you know, like it was just silly. Um, Hinge now feels that what's friendly about it is like the interface. So I'm guessing Tinder's still like swiping and Hinge is like scrolling and then you tap to send a like and Ah. you, it's, you answer questions. There's like question prompts. They're like, I mean, you know, the first time I looked at the profile, I like rolled my eyes and deleted the app the next day because I was just like, oh, I hate being sincere. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then then I redownloaded it um, and just tried to like, you know, like let go of my like what I had to be, you know, and not be and just filled it out with like some things I liked and um it's very, yeah, it feels good to look at, I guess. It doesn't feel like, oh, here I am on this fucking thing again so far. When you yeah. when you scroll, when you're like scrolling through Hinge, what attracts you? What are you like, I want to start a conversation with this person? <laughs> um, I am in a group chat where we exchange uh, pictures of like Hinge profiles just for fun um, and general notes about our, our dating desires and lives. And... Uh, I think she would feel comfortable with me saying her name on the podcast. Kate uh, has uh, pegged my type <laughs> so accurately and it's like painful. Um, she describes, we, we like mutually agreed that my type is nearsighted meerkats as a type. It's like, yeah, you're laughing because you know it's accurate. It's like tall, lanky men, brunette men with glasses. Oh you know? my God. And I started like sharing profiles and I was getting absolutely roasted because people were like, Sam, your type is so aggressive. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's it's so accurate. Like, it's so accurate. (laughs) Nearsighted meerkat. (laughs) That's the name of this episode. Sam likes meerkatted or (laughs) nearsighted meerkats. So... Yeah. So like I I was just sharing. um, So I will admit if I see a guy who like yeah, looks looks like my type, which is like brunette, lean glasses, I guess. I feel like I'm attracted to them physically. But I also feel like a thing that attracted me to people on Hinge is if they have a photo that feels like candids mainly, like nothing of like a, hey, here's me, uh-huh. more like action shots from their lives. Okay. So it feels like as much as possible, you're not looking at someone's, uh, you know, a, like dating profile so much as they're like attempt to impress you by like showing they're popular at a party kind of thing, okay. you know? I- Matches with my general attraction style of people's confidence, I think. <laughs> Are there like little bios? Like do people write like, I'm six foot two, brunette, and nearsighted? Oh, right. <laughs> you know, like. Just- yeah, yeah, they admit they're nearsighted. No, um, no, uh, but they, th- yeah, so there is height, age, um, uh, whether or not you drink, smoke, smoke weed or do drugs okay all separate and you don't have to put them on your profile okay. um and then there's like what university you went to what city you're from and what you do for a living okay but um, so there's no like yeah. like how and i'm so i'm so old i haven't been on tinder in like five years <laughs> but it, it okay. used to be like they had like a like a mini bio right 
Right. So this now or Hinge Hinge has like question prompts. So there's no place to just be like, yo, looking for. I mean, you could add it and because because you could answer the question what I'm looking for. Oh, you know? okay, okay. But you could also answer a question that's like my simple pleasures. You could answer a question that's like, if this is if loving this is wrong, I don't want to be right. Which I think cues you into somebody's sense of humor, which is so fundamental for me, is like certain prompts, if they answer, I know this is judgy, but we're talking freely here. <laughs> if if someone answered a certain prompt, I'm like, mm, that's lame. Like if they, if they, uh, I'm trying to think of an example of this. If it's like, you should, uh, mm, I'll introduce you to my parents if. Like, uh. I don't like that one. Because I'm like, mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know that one would turn me off too because it would, to me, it implies that they're looking for a marriage straight out the gate and you don't know what, you don't want that type of pressure, that type of pressure immediately. You want to be yeah. able to feel it out. You want to be able to feel like uh, you can sidestep whenever you need to. And something with like putting the parents into this equation just maximizes uh, how real this feels. Right. And for some people, that's like the message they want to put out. So maybe that's why Hinge is succeeding is because it kind of primes the user to like put out the energy they want to get back. Mm -hmm. So like my bio has stuff. I'm trying to think like one of my answers is like you can say what your love language is. Mm -hmm. And I say that my love language is like unsolicited pictures of your pet because I love getting photos of people's dogs and cats like it's my you know favorite thing um and then i i think there's like a simple pleasures one and you know me i like i'm fucking obsessed with the beach i love a good bar like yeah. we you know we all know so it's very easy for me to write that stuff versus like what i'm looking for in a partner yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> which confounds me truly but it made me wonder like how are people who are like in relationships that have been going on for like three months and didn't move in together dealing with this? Are they just not seeing each other? I don't know. I think people are just, I think it's a case-by-case case scenario. I think some people yeah. are staying away from each other and I think some people are, um, I think, decided to just move in together, like quarantine yeah. it up with their their spouse. Because yeah, I don't, the ethics of it is very murky. Um, I think what it comes down to, I'll just ra wrap this ramble up. What it comes <laughs> down to is that like, for my own purposes, I'm navigating something like my feelings and being like, I'm shocked that I'm able to feel something in quarantine because I felt so like dead inside and like, why would I form a romantic relationship with anybody that I've uh, never met, you know, like met through a dating app or like spent so little time with or in this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, and this is the guy that canceled on you, right? That was like, I'm getting. Mm -hmm. Interesting, mm -hmm. interesting. Okay. I know. We were talking about, I'm, well, yeah, like I, so the last few guys I've dated, um, and this is something I, I talked about in the podcast last time and unpacked in therapy <laughs> is like that my last few uh, situationships, relationships with men have started with sex. Like uh -huh. it was, you know, a conquest that grew into something more um, or something that like started mildly organically, but like quickly, you know, like went to a bar, first date, almost second date. By that time I was having sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um and so uh, I don't think I've liked someone this naturally 
in a long time where it wasn't like something that starts with sex and like a let's see where this goes because the chemistry is obviously there and chemistry is so fundamental to me yeah and i got over the shame i associate with the fact that i start relationships with sex um because of therapy and so it's like very weird to have this new thing that like is uh starting in a way i wasn't expecting and um evolving in a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times, and not like, it's not like every relationship that I know, but a lot of like really long lasting relationships uh, start at like the worst time possible. Like at the mm. worst time oh, possible. isn't that trauma bonding? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's happening right now for everyone. It's like a, a yeah. communal trauma bonding. Not that that's what I think is happening yeah. with you and this person. Because it sounded yeah. like you guys had chemistry before shit hit the fan. You know, maybe so. It's just so it like truly to me, the definition of chemistry is so like I have I have never associated it with anything other than a physical relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mean that like I I mean, it's like the wordless thing that you exchange with someone when you're with them. That's to me is chemistry. Mm -hmm. So texts are all words. So you could be like sharing poems and sharing pictures. And to me, that's still not subtext, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's like literal text. So I guess that's that's what, to go back to like we were talking about with your text relationship. Like I have never associated the preamble to meeting up with someone as uh, having anything to do with chemistry. Yeah. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe that was, maybe that's true. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's really interesting you put it that way because I always saw it as the opposite. Like I always thought like mm. the chemistry came with, it was within flirting. So like, how do we flirt together? How do we talk together? What's like the ebbs and flows of this rather than like, because to me, sex has always been like, you can learn it. Like you learn each other's bodies and it's mm. going to be so new with each person that you have sex with because their body is different from the last person and the last person before that. Um, so when like the first text relationship happened and it was like great via text, but then face to face, it was like, we have absolutely no fucking chemistry at all. Um, yeah. when Aaron came around like five years later, um, no, it wasn't five. It's like maybe like four years later when we did meet face to face to me, I was like, this is where I'll know. Like if we can have chemistry via words face to face, I know this will work. But if it doesn't, then like I'm piecing out because for me, it is so right. easy to do chemistry via text, like so easy, but face to face with anyone, not even just like. Oh. Not even like a physical relationship, like with me and Aaron. Like, like think about probably the first time you and I ever hung out. I was probably like really quiet. I'm always like really quiet mm. around people for like months because I that mm -hmm. type of chemistry face to face to me is like way harder. And but so it makes it wow. also way harder to fake. Like I can't fake like I'm interested. <laughs> it's very right. hard for me to do that. But isn't there a process of evolution that like what you're saying is like that you know you like. If you are forming a friendship with someone, you give it like you can be in their presence for a long time and something really does form mm -hmm. or with sex, like you learn each other's bodies. So it's like if you have easy conversation, physical chemistry can kind of evolve out of that. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I it's it's just it's so like not arbitrary, but I think uh and maybe, again, I keep saying, I might have talked about this last time, but it's because I keep like having moments of like, we've talked about this. <laughs> but I think 
everybody operates on like fundamental truths that they believe about themselves. And for some people, that's a physical type. And for some people, it's a way that they like to have sex. And for some people, it's the kind of, you know, banter they will and won't abide. But I am always the most surprised um, by like biggest, the biggest shifts in my life have always come with a kind of shame, surprise, uh, uncertainty. Uh-huh. Like, you know, with um, the comedian I was with, it, it that was the first time I had to reckon with like getting absolutely wasted and sleeping with someone on the first, you know, like and then and then liking them on top of uh-huh. that and having to unpack that in therapy. The last guy that I dated last fall, it was like, oh, it's weird because he's not my type and like the sex is very gentle and yet I really like it, uh-huh. you know? And now it's like, oh, this is a person I met on a dating app that like I did not expect to feel anything genuine about. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, anyway. you have a really good point though that like we all have these like inherent truths about ourselves and uh, again, like therapy is an amazing thing in the world. Like if you if you have access to it, please do it. Um when it comes when it comes to with sex and you're talking about like I, I thought I only like this type like I don't mm-hmm. know like I don't remember what I learned that you can like so many different types of sex like you can like so many mm-hmm. um and I feel like that's something that like specifically like people with vaginas are taught that like this is what sex means and like if you have sex on the first date it means you're a whore and that you are not marriage material and like all that stuff like it's all so societally put on us in a lot of ways to be able to break through that um yeah like I'm rewatching sex in the city right now and just like the first season I'm just like I'm like cringing through the whole thing of like these ideas they had about sex and like what it means for like women when they have more sex than men etc cetera, etc cetera. and it was progressive it was so progressive when this came out that they were like talking about this and saying these things but now we look oh god how old is it now at least like 10 15 years later we're just like whoa how wrong that was because we've had time to like unpack and learn um i'm not saying this coherently but what you're saying of like learning to unpack these things and it allows you to have so many different types of experiences afterward Yeah. I mean, I sat and I have a very vivid memory of like four hours ago sitting and staring at a plant in my house because I needed like some quiet after just thinking about all this stuff and how I one of the certain truths I've had about myself have been like the stories that we tell ourselves about the thread of our dating lives. Right. Why it worked out with someone, why it didn't, what that means about us, what that means we want uh, and, and how we feel like all of that is driving towards our next relationship, our next, like our our fullest, our, our uh, final form, mm-hmm. you know, as they say online. And I think like being shocked by my feelings is humbling because it reminds me that I don't know what I think I know. And I think a corollary fear I have that is something that's not just dating life adjacent. It's like something that uh, touches every aspect of my life is that I lie to myself, you know, that I'm delusional mm-hmm. or that I will have a light switch reaction where one day I like something and the other day I don't. Um, so it's like, well, if I don't know myself, how can I trust myself to get back to the topic of trust? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I trust that my emotions are real? How can I trust or ride out the uncertainty? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I mean, it is really interesting. There is something to, I, 
this is like a personal theory, but like, I feel like the idea that we have to know ourselves fully is uh, totally capitalism and consumerism. Because yeah. there's no way it's to right. like yeah. you. If I look back at myself at 18, I'm like, I thought I knew everything and I didn't. And then 25 and then 27 and now 31. Like, because we're all just like we're we're um, we're we're organisms and we constantly are moving and growing and adapting. And it's just truly impossible to learn who we are or to be a certain thing that we think we're supposed to be. Like wear yeah. this certain thing, put on this certain type of makeup to get this type of job that you think that you want, et cetera, et cetera. Which has been right. really crazy for me with um this unexpected time is like learning to not do anything. Like learning to actually yeah. be like, it's okay that I don't write anything today. And it's okay mm-hmm. if I'm not in any way, any potentially funding my business or or pushing my career further and further and like props Mm -hmm. to the comedians and storytellers that have been doing that but like learning how to just sit still and just be okay as is it's been like a huge like growing experience wow that's so great yeah i uh i'm i too am trying to figure out i mean i'm a like productivity uh hawk so i feel like I've been trying to translate productivity into different mm-hmm. things. Like maybe I clean a room and that's my productive thing for the day. I cook a soup. I go for a run. Like I try one one thing a day and that's my expectation of myself. Um, recording this podcast is like my productive thing for the day. Yeah, know, totally. Took, took energy. Totally. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is, it is a weird time. Um, what did I want to say before this about – oh, <clears throat> I wanted to um, – piggyback on the the statement about like these truths we think about ourselves because when I was in the year I think it was 2014 when I like had met this guy on tinder who I was convinced uh at the time I wanted I wanted someone who like I had a set of things about myself I believed to be true I was like I am a poet, you know, like I'm an artist, I a theater uh, maker, and I have these like fundamental fears about living and dying. And I want um, a partner who will like be my rock, you know, like help me get over these fears. And so I'm going to make sure I disclose those fears on the first date, <laughs> which, sorry, it makes me laugh to say now because that's insane. <laughs> um, Can you be my rock? Uh, Can you be my rock yeah, on day like, one? <laughs> But even more, even like more unhinged than that is like trying to uh, disclose those things in like a performative way, you know, like not not like, do you want kids? But like just casually being like, so I'm afraid of dying, you know, has anyone ever told you that? Like some bullshit like that. So I met this guy who at the time, everything I also a nearsighted meerkat, everything I uh, wanted on paper, you know, worked in radio, was like lived in Greenpoint before I did. Um, uh, was like an indie film and took me to like an indie film festival. And then the feelings just weren't there and I couldn't make them be there even though like everything on paper was right. And uh, I had these like night sweats about the fact that we would keep dating and that people would ask how we'd met and I'd say on Tinder. And I like couldn't get over that. Uh And so from that day forward, instead of deciding the guy was it just wasn't working I decided that what was wrong was tinder yeah I was like online dating is fundamentally not organic and that means I am not organic if I do it 
But if I look at my situation now, it's like, who the fuck cares how you met? Like, that truth has doesn't hold for me anymore. Um, but I carried it for so long and it affected so many of my decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's when anytime I have like a like a breakthrough that like that through therapy where I'm just like, oh, my God, like, who the fuck would I be if I didn't do that? My therapist is always like, well, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because you are who you are now. Like, you can mm-hmm. never look back and be like, I'd be so different X, Y and Z. But those thoughts and those like that you had in the past and those actions, like they always like they have a, a habit of haunting me of like, were, were these where I went uh, astray and like fucked up my whole life and also I'm very afraid of dying I'm very afraid of dying and the only reason I think I'm dealing with COVID-19 better with like my mortality is because I really dealt with my mortality when the headache started I was like oh I was like oh I'm dying like I'm dying yeah like this is like yeah um so I don't know if you feel the same way because you've also had these like daily headaches uh yeah I mean my fear of dying uh has been within me since (laughs) I was 12 (laughs) like literally had my first panic attack in the seventh grade and I still remember like overwhelming my guidance counselor because she was like what's the problem and I'm like the me now is different than the me who was like a nanosecond ago and you know her eyes were just like I do not know how to help this child oh my god (laughs) that's also like the deepest thing in the world for like a 12 year old (laughs) to understand yeah I was like crying a lot behind my binder and you know like my parents didn't know how to deal with it just because they probably not because they like didn't want to have those conversations. But, you know, like what kind of 12 year old is having those thoughts? So I have been afraid of dying for a long time. But similar to you, I feel I feel like not only did the headaches shift my perspective on like my life, you know, because I was like, well, if this is every day now, what is being alive worth if it's so debilitating? That I can't do anything. Yeah, I never had like you know, serious suicidal thoughts or anything like that. But my my prevailing feeling, both since the headache started and since coronavirus became uh, a pandemic and, and has shifted our lives, is like that life, the meaning of life, the way that we make meaning out of life has had to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really made me think about what, matters to me like what are the things that make me feel like I'm alive mm-hmm. and if those things are taken away from me what are the things that make me feel like I'm alive mm-hmm. <laughs> so that has been and it's part of what um you know motivated my decision to pursue dating at all was like I it's not just I mean it's both a way to pass the time and a way to think about the future but also to kind of retain this connection to my sexuality that I feel like I'm losing because all I have is you know a vibrator in my imagination which is fine but like you know some it's like if you stopped seeing your reflection in the mirror you'd freak the fuck out yeah you'd be like how do I know I exist <laughs> so sometimes you gotta send a nude and get an ah hey there cutie <laughs> I I love nudes. I've always loved sending nudes. One day, I do you too. I just learned how to send a nude. Uh, You're gonna you, you. This might surprise you, but I've I took my first nude uh like this past month. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, Sam, you're growing up. <laughs> I'm a 28 year old woman, and I just took my first nude. <laughs> I was Aaron's first sext, and when we started dating, he was 30. Three? What's a sex? Like, a, like what? What is a sex? Um, yeah. I, I guess just like anything sexual. So, like, if you text someone like, "I want to suck your cock," or 
I want to suck your tits. Like that is a sext. Ha, ah, I've never sent a sext and I've, mm, have I ever received it? Like, I'm trying to think if I've sent like a subtle sext. Like, mm. what's a subtle sext? Can you, can you narrate me one? <laughs> I Honestly, like, what are you doing right now? It's kind of a subtle sext oh. of like, well, what are you doing? Like, I want to, I want this to kind of go right. somewhere. Huh. Yeah, I've probably sent something like that. Like, I've sent suggestive, yeah, I've sent suggestive texts. I've like casually sexted. I've just never like made my intentions over. Okay. Maybe. Have you ever masturbated while sending suggestive text? No. Nope. Okay. Okay. That might be I'm young. level. I'm young in this way. I love this. This might be a really good way for you to explore with uh, Catman. Like, <laughs> because like that's how we would, that's how we would show intimacy when we were like, uh, like, I did this with the Midwest dude, and I did this with Aaron when I was babysitting. It's like, we would have full on, we basically would just act out via text what we wanted to do to each other, and we would, like, mutually masturbate. And you're good with words, and, like, Aaron's an English teacher, so, like, it works really <laughs> well. Like, if you know how to express with description, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, that's totally valid. I will say my experience with, like, being turned on generally when alone has been Largely, like, uh, I know this is, like, such a fucking weird thing to say, but I feel like this is the most supportive podcast, so I'm just going to, like, say it. The things that turn me on when I'm masturbating are, like, like the idea that my career will go somewhere. <laughs> like, it's I, – I am not fucking kidding you. Like, I – I get off on like the idea of being uh, like financially stable. Um, and like I have tried. I mean, it's not like I don't watch porn at all, but I feel like I treat porn websites like Netflix. I just scroll and I eventually flip off the thing I'm like, I've just turned on. because I'm like, I don't know what this is, but like a good folk song and like just dreaming about the future. <laughs> I, nothing kinkier. I have no fucking idea why. That might be the most millennial statement I've ever heard in my life. I get off to the idea of financial stability. Or I get off to paying off my student loans. It's like, truly, I, I just think about like a comfortable life and that gets me going. Hey, whatever floats your boat, man. I will never yuck anyone's yum. Like if that's what works. And when I have, like, I feel like I had this conversation with a former partner, like a boyfriend I had in like, you know, 2015 that like we're talking about orgasms and that like, I was just saying when I have an orgasm, like the amount of like nature imagery that just floods <laughs> in, it's like rivers, trees, like I, it is, it's fucking strange, but it's been happening since I like feel like I first masturbated and saw a rainbow. Like it's just like, what's, what's happening in here? I don't that know. That is so cool. <laughs> to me, that reminds me of people that like see colors with like certain like letters. Yes. Like that's grapheme color synesthesia. I talked about it on vocabulary. Yes. Yes. Okay. That, yeah. I remember this now. Um, yes. Like I, that's what it reminds me of. Or like a, like a really yeah. fun acid trip. Like you're orgasming, but like the, the world around you, na mother nature is like holding you as you come. Like that's adorable. I love <laughs> that. Yeah. That makes me, it's, it's, yeah. that makes me feel so <laughs> trashy. <laughs> I'm like, no, I just like, I, I think of public sex. Like I just think of people having sex in Listen. front of other people. At least you can relate to people on Twitter. I feel <laughs> like, you know, my my closeted secret is that, like, my kinkiest thoughts are, you know, <laughs> streams. <laughs> Literal streams down a snowy streams. mountain. Yeah. They're like, they're like, oh, live streams. I'm like, no, no, a literal stream. <laughs> um, That's amazing. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with being Canadian. 
<laughs> well, that is very nature-centric, and I feel like that is a stereotype for Canada is that they're very nature-centric, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. And I also think it's like comes from I, – I love watching um, – I love watching uh, shows that explore like adolescence first relationship to masturbation, mm-hmm. like in um, Pen Fifteen. Oh my god, when, that episode is so good! Yes, and like when she starts to masturbate and keeps seeing like the ghost of her grandfather, you know. And I mean, that's not like what's turning her on. In that case, it's like the shame associated with mm-hmm. it. But it's she's not picturing anything. She's kind of trying to like go nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like fully tuned into her body. And I've seen, you know, you see uh, there was like a good scene. Maybe it was an Orange is New Black or something or a scene of a prison where someone like masturbates with a pillow for the first time. Like the the process of finding out that you're able to get turned on is like there's no learning for it. Yeah. That might have been sex education. I know I oh. know uh, the British girl with like the the two front teeth, like the bug front teeth. And he's like, no, you need to go masturbate. He, you have to figure out what you like. And she like gets on a pillow and she's like, oh, Ooh, I haven't I haven't seen that yet. Uh, I've seen like a couple episodes, but I don't think I've seen that. OK. Oh, but Big Mouth. Oh, when yeah. Missy masturbates with her toys. It's like, what the fuck? You're turned on by your weird little stuffed animals. But I love that phrase, not yucking someone's yum, because I feel like when we all learn, it's so dependent on like where we are and what we think about. Yeah. And that probably like informs a lot of what turns us on for the rest of our lives (laughs) yeah well i think we have like a good episode unless there's anything else you want to talk about hell yeah no i mean what's the so are you basically uh doing like episodes about kind of like dating in the age of or are you just kind of keeping the podcast going i'm kind of doing a little bit of both i've uh i've dived into solo episodes I have a lot of solo episodes where I kind of start talking about like what's going on like COVID and then I go into past stuff. Um, And it's something that like Caitlin had wanted me to do for a little while and I just didn't know how to. And so this kind of pushed me into it. Um, The fact that you can't just like have people come to the studio anymore. And then um, I kind of go from there. You you specifically I reached out because I was like, that's a really interesting thing that a lot of people are dealing with right now. And I would love to hear more about this. But for the most part, like when I got when I had Bobby on, we just like kind of talked about like where we were and then like talked a little bit about sex. But I've been letting like with the podcast before, I've been letting people go where they want to go since it's like such mm. a new situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of going from there. Cool. See what sticks. Yeah. I think I think that sums up my attitude about uh, dating in quarantine. It's funny because I feel like the conversation for a lot of people is like, have you been horny or have you not been horny? You mm-hmm. know, and um, and like the the def like we've talked. I I mentioned this at the beginning. Like the question of of whether dating is kind of just an endurance game or like a boredom killer. Mm-hmm. But I like that there's like. I, I just like that there's new metrics for romance in quarantine because there is no right. And like the whole idea, and I think I said this uh, in a comment to that Facebook post, the whole idea that like this is the time when we can actually talk and actually connect, that's bullshit. Like there's no one right way to do mm-hmm. that. You could do that without quarantine and it might be harder in quarantine because you're an emotional wreck. Yeah. So I just, you know, if there's if there's one thing that like I would want anyone listening to know who's like, how the fuck do I navigate this like weird fear that I'll never date again and and curiosities about the world is just like whatever you're feeling is okay because there's no right or wrong when it comes to dating. So there's no right or wrong when it comes to quarantine dating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that would be like a huge uh, weight off of like a lot of people's shoulders to hear that. 
Well, it's the truth. It's a God's honest truth. <laughs> Didn't you learn so much from Sam? Like, I I think it's really important and really interesting right now to listen to everyone's perspective of um, how they're dealing and like what they're dealing with because everyone is dealing with different things, even though this is such a communal experience, which is just like the definition of living, I guess. Um, Sam has an amazing show called Vocabulary with a few of our good friends. And if you were looking for things to do, like go watch it. It's the next two coming up are May 9th and May 23rd. And the show's a, a venue that's not a venue right now. Caveat, they have a YouTube channel and you can get on. It's, it's either 7 p.m. or 7.30. I'm blanking now. And you can watch and it's free. You can donate a ticket. We always like buy a ticket, you know, support the venues while we can so they exist after all this is done. But you don't have to. And it's a suggested donation. You don't have to pay like a full ticket price. So I hope you guys enjoy. And I hope you check out Sam Corbin's socials and... I will see you in a week. Wash your hands and your butt. <laughs>